This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Let's get to it then, shall we? It is Afternoons on News Talk 770. My name is Rob Breckenridge, your host here today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, another busy show for you, 974-8255. That's how you can take part. If you got something to say, if you want to get something off your chest, if you want to make the show better, call in. And we'll get to your phone calls uh, certainly throughout the program. Text us as well, 77770, another easy way if you got something to say, or you can tweet at us at Rob Breckenridge. Uh, here's some of what's coming up on the program today. Later on today, we are going to revisit uh, this whole issue of power in Alberta, PPAs as they become known, and this curious lawsuit that the NDP has filed trying to prevent power companies from using this clause that they've been using since 2000 uh, to unload unprofitable PPAs. The government is, is curiously arguing that the previous government had no authority to create this clause. Uh, this has all become an issue because of the uh, increase in costs that the uh, Alberta government's introducing as a result of uh, phasing out coal has prompted these companies to, to exercise this clause, and the government's trying to stop them from doing so. They're claiming they didn't know this clause exists, uh, although they were warned about it, uh, as documents have shown, back in September. Former MLA Donna Kennedy Glanz is going to join us uh, later on today at 2.30, and uh, she's written a lot about this issue. She's got a really good understanding uh, of why these PPAs exist, why this clause exists, and what the government should have known before going down this path of, of raising these costs. So we're going to get to that later on today. Got some other issues uh, we'll get to. I want to get to, to our first guest, though, because news out of Toronto today where a Toronto police officer has been sentenced to six years in jail regarding the 2013 shooting death of 18-year-old Sammy Yatim. This officer, Constable James Forsillo, was strangely convicted, not of murder, but of attempted murder. Now, it's difficult to wrap your head around it because it was James Forsillo who shot and killed Sammy Yatim. Uh, but at trial, it was found that the original volley of shots was not murder. But when Yatim was down on the ground and defenseless, and not a threat to anybody, Constable Fursillo shot him again, a second volley of shots that was intended to kill, hence attempted murder. Now, one of the reasons why this became such a big story is that it was all captured on video. And that's part of the reality of policing today. And it was something that uh, our police chief, Roger Chaffin, was talking about just this week uh, because of some incidents, some arrests, some altercations that have been captured on video here in Calgary. But joining us to talk a bit more about the Forcillo verdict and the sentence today and some of these other questions uh, about uh, policing. Very pleased to welcome to the program here today. Anthony Fury is a columnist, a national comment editor, and editorial writer uh, with the Sun newspapers. He's got a piece today you can find at torontosun.com. Anthony, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. Always great to be on the show. Um, so Constable Forsilla was convicted uh, of attempted murder. So we knew there was going to be, well, it seemed likely there was going to be some jail time. There is a, a mandatory minimum that comes into play. Were, were you surprised at all today? 
Uh, I was surprised in some sense. The defense was asking that the mandatory minimum be ruled unconstitutional, which was something of a technical argument, although we've been hearing for a number of years now that mandatory minimums, period, are unconstitutional or are just not lawful for various reasons, and they wanted house arrest. So it's pretty clear that if, if there wasn't a mandatory minimum, they'd be pushing hard for house arrest, and that would have been considered the low end of the threshold, and then maybe uh, the sentence would have been, I don't know, two years less a day or something like that. So he would have been... Uh, in a jail. Instead, mandatory minimum five, and he ends up getting a little higher than that, which is six. I, I, I mean, I'm not too surprised by that only because the letter of the law sort of shows, yes, there should be five, uh, so it's just one more than five. But I am surprised at the, at the general, I think, attitude towards uh, how police should be treated and, and in what way and how they should be treated differently than the public. Well, do you mean that in in this case, should Constable Forcillo have faced a different kind of process or or held to a different kind of standard? Are you talking more in in general? Well, I I think, and and in my column, I touch upon how the sort of resentment towards police officers has increased. Social media has created a social mania where we're having a lot of hostilities towards police. And I do think a thing that we always have to remember is that, and keep in mind here, six years, go on and Google and see people who are getting sentences for six years for attempted murder, who are getting uh, six years for, you know, really serious crimes where they intended to do something, they went and did something. What a police officer does in this case is he's supposed to be holding a gun and walking around in public. He's supposed to go towards where there's an erratic individual behaving on a streetcar. Most of us aren't. If I start walking towards some sort of crime scene, people say, what are you doing? You have no business there. Go away. He's supposed to have that gun. He's supposed to engage with the person and arguably supposed to draw his weapon. He just screwed up at the end. He screwed up big time. Don't get me wrong here. And I think most people are in agreement that this person could not be dead right now. Sammy team could still be alive right now. But I, I, am, I am a little disturbed by the notion that we place our trust in people to be armed and we want them to be armed and we go there and we have them do this and of course if they don't do it well they should be punished to some degree but that we hold them to a similar threshold as people who shouldn't even be in the situation in the first place people who have this sort of intent uh, to cause societal damage well it is a fine line isn't it because we do entrust these, these officers with the authority to use deadly force and when it's appropriate um we, we applaud them for doing so when it's inappropriate like in this case we, we put them in jail Exactly, and we would never, ever applaud a regular person for using deadly force in public, really regardless of the circumstances. I, I guess in certain circumstances in the U.S. where you're allowed to carry a weapon, if you did prevent a crime with your weapon, we would applaud that person. But even here, I mean, a guy just happens to have a handgun on him and then stops some sort of crime or a terrorist attack or whatever, we'd still kind of go, well, uh, you know, I don't know, you weren't supposed to have that gun, buddy. Uh, he might even face some sort of minor, uh, minor penalty for that. So, yeah, it's, it's completely different. But at the same time, I mean, uh, the, the law is the law. Um, you know, murder is, is clearly defined. Attempted murder is clearly defined. And, and police are not exempt from that. I mean, if, if we had a real rotten, like a, a completely, totally corrupt criminal police officer who chose to use his, his weapon just to, to flat out execute somebody, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that police can still break the law. Oh, absolutely. But this is not that circumstance. Like I said, he's gone and he's been sent to here. He's, uh, James Frisillo was told on the phone uh, over, the, over the radio system, go and, and show up at this, at this place. And here's your right. training. And he just poorly 
followed his training. He he did some of it, but he didn't do all of it. That's that's exactly what he's being punished for. And, and I think it's right, and I think it makes sense. And to your point about if there's a, a super dirty cop out there who's just going out and planning to kill people with a full abuse of authority, I, I think he'd receive a more severe sentence than Frasillo. Uh, but I, I, I still find the threshold that, that Frasillo's in six years when compared to other sorts of criminals who get six years for various crimes a, a bit much. Well, you know, and it's, you know, it's odd you mentioned that. I mean, we had a case here in Calgary where there were two men who pled guilty to, to abducting a 17-year-old girl who had been waiting for, for the bus, took her back to, to a house, held her for eight hours, raped her repeatedly. She managed to escape. The Crown's looking for 12 years, but the defense, it's funny you mentioned six years. They're, they're asking for six years. So if, if they were to somehow get six years to contrast that with, with this case here, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, our justice system does not often hand out those those kinds of sentences. No, absolutely. And, and when you're teeing up the topic, you're explaining, of course, to the listener that, that okay, so he's acquitted of second-degree murder, but then he's found guilty of attempted murder, and it wasn't for the first volley of shots, but for the second volley of shots. So there's all these technicalities going on here, and they're saying that you made this sort of split-second decision, you were right to fire these bullets, but, oh, then you kept firing, and you obviously decided to keep firing two seconds later. I mean, these folks who uh, abducted the girl and repeatedly raped her, every second they were consistently making the choice to keep doing it. I mean, their their sin or their crime or whatever, they they reaffirmed that, you know, every single second, thousands of times throughout doing it. Whereas for Cello, I think maybe he had a half-second lapse of judgment where he screwed up. He'd never fired his weapon before. He clearly, you know, couldn't handle the heat or whatever it was, and he did it wrong. And yet, so that's why if these guys are going to get 12 years and he's getting six years, we're saying we're even saying he's half the criminal that they are. It just doesn't it doesn't strike me well. As I write in the column, I'm just a little worried that what we're seeing in this summer, particularly, uh, and with the Black Lives Matter Toronto movement and in Vancouver as well, they're making demands that the police shouldn't be able to attend events like uh, the Pride parades, and, and we have a lot of stuff on social media hostile to the police. I, this idea that policing is sort of dirty and, and needs to change now in society. I worry that this sort of disincentivizes good people from joining the force. Well, and I hope that it doesn't, but, but I can understand how it, how it might, or even just, you know, what we see. And, and it was something that, uh, you know, Calgary's police chief was talking about this week and the re- new reality for police officers that um, you're, you're likely going to be recorded. Uh, everybody uh, has a cell phone. Everybody's able to, to record video. And you know, it was it was the case with the Sammy Atim case. Uh, there's been a couple of arrests here in Calgary that that have gone viral on on social media, and uh, that's that's the new reality, isn't it? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things going on in policing that I'm not happy about. The militarization of police is something I don't like. There's there's a new weapon that I think it's the Toronto Police who did get a few months ago that is a military-grade weapon. I don't think that should be anywhere in their arsenal. We have a military for a reason. There's a, there's a lot of things that need to be uh, sort of strictly controlled, and, and the public always need to be reminding the police that we created you to serve us, and you answer to us. So all these mechanisms that are happening, the very fact that there's a trial for James Fursillo, I, I think was a good thing. I'm just worried about this sort of corrosive message that such a severe sentence shows that that, that almost suggests, and, and this is the core of, of what frustrates me, that almost suggests that there's something kind of inherently wrong with police kind of firmly doing their job anyway. Like there would be a lot of, so much of the ire we're seeing towards Priscilla Rob would still be there even if he hadn't fired that second volley of bullets. Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, it, 
For one thing, and it goes back to the video, I think if we didn't have the video to begin with, this case would have received a lot less attention, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that, that's a big question, though, because the, the second volley of shots, here you have someone who's, who's down on the ground, who's uh, clearly at that point not a threat to anybody, and no other officer is, is firing. Other officers, as we understand, were even uh, putting their, their guns away. So why he chose to shoot again and the claim he made that the video helped illustrate was, was not the case, that somehow Sammy Yatim was getting up to, to attack. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a big if. Oh, yeah, and those, those points are true, and I, they don't, I, I think, really contradict with, with what I'm saying at all. Like I said, I, I think any sort of seasoned police officer who has experience in these situations hopefully would be able to get a situation where that young man is still alive today. He clearly didn't need to die, and Priscilla clearly made uh, many mistakes. Yeah. Well, it certainly raises a number of interesting questions. People can read your piece. Uh, it's up at torontosun.com. Anthony, appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks for this. Thanks, Rob. My pleasure. All right. Uh, that's Anthony Fury. He's a columnist, a national comment editor with the Toronto Sun and the Sun newspapers, uh, torontosun.com. Uh, his thoughts on uh, how he views this this summer and how it's uh, in some ways changed policing. Uh, do you agree with that? Has policing changed? Are we or do we need to? Or are we holding police to, to a different kind of standard? Should James Forcillo be going to jail? Is a six-year sentence appropriate? Again, he was convicted of attempted murder, acquitted of second-degree murder, which is curious because the individual in question who was shot died. So maybe the first time ever, perhaps, in the Canadian justice system where somebody killed somebody else but was found guilty of attempted murder. Nonetheless, attempted murder is a very serious crime. And should it make a difference that you're a police officer in the line of duty? If you broke the law, you broke the law. 974-8255. We'll come back with some more thoughts on this. Your thoughts as well. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.